0: Well, it's great to um, share with you this morning. John is um, preaching at Nexus Church on the north side this morning. I just want to say uh, we're part of a great church and I just want to thank you, Centro, for releasing us as we lead our state and territory. um, We've had many other churches that um, we're leading and um, this is our home church, this this is where we're our senior pastors, but um, we, we are involved in many other things. And so he is there this morning and so I am here. So you have me. (laughs) Yes, actually, and speak to me, because I like to interact. So um, don't go quiet on me, please. Um, So this morning, we are continuing our series on big answers to big questions. And the big big question today is, how do I keep control in a world that is out of control? Things may have happened to you this week that is out of control and out of your control. And so this morning, that's what we're going to talk about as we continue our study in Colossians. Um, The first week, uh, John spoke about our identity that is found in Christ. Week two, we find our purpose in him. Week three, we don't find him through religious rituals, which Tim brought a knife along, wielding it. And I was very concerned sitting on that front row when he brought two guys out the front. I didn't know what was going to happen, but... It was all good. It was all in control. And so um, that was week three. Uh, week four, be found responding in Christ. And this week, I gain control when my life is hidden in him. Wow. Now, the reason that Paul was writing this letter was that there was some false teaching creeping into the Colossian church. And they were being influenced by this false teaching. And so Paul was writing this letter warning them, um, In chapter 1, he wants the church to mature in their faith and they will never mature in their faith when they have all these other things coming at them. And so the Colossian church, I find, is similar to the church today. Uh, There are many things going on in society today that is creeping into the church. In today's society, there are multiple faiths. And the idea is that they're all equally valid and equally true. I'm reading at the moment a book and it's called Generation Z. And Generation Z is the generation that was born from 1995 to 2010. And it's called the post-Christian generation amazing the post-christian generation that's what they're called it's worth the read can i say church if you can get a hold of that it's actually written by uh, an australian girl she's a christian girl um she goes to one of our acc churches she was on the project i think last week generation z get a hold of it because that will actually help you as a christian um, be to connect and be relevant because it is a very different way of thinking today So today in our society, we are no longer exclusively Christian. When I went to primary school, which was a long time ago, (laughs) it was, it's a bit scary, someone, one of my daughters said the other night, oh, you're nearly 60. I thought, hang on a minute, I'm only 55, I'm halfway there. But when I went to primary school, back when they had the horse and cart, um, not really, uh, We would have, in in our primary school room, there would be like a speaker. Some of you can relate to this story. There would be a speaker in the room and there would be a student that would be chosen to say the prayer. Who remembers that? They would pray and there would be a prayer come over in the morning through the speaker in our classroom and that's how we would start our day. Well, that would be unheard of today, wouldn't it? And so the decisions that we make today can influence may have consequences on our future. I want to look at Colossians 3, um, chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. We're working through chapter 3 today. And it says, then, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ." To be hidden in Christ is to see the world through God's eyes, to take on his way of thinking or seeing through his lens. C.S. Lewis says that it is he who thinks more of the next world that does most in this world. Whatever we accomplish in life is a result of what we think. You know, I, uh, I graduated... I did a university degree, which I graduated from last year. Uh, Now, what I thought about myself all my life was that I was dumb. Uh, I left school as a 14-year-old. I did finish grade 10, by the way. Uh, I was 14, so I was one of the youngest kids in the class. And whoever knows me knows I'm a very social person. So school was like a social event for me. That was when I was actually there. So, me, for me, you know, I, I actually could learn, but I just didn't want to. And, I, I, you know, the whole maturity thing was probably an issue too because I was one of the youngest in the class. But, so, what I thought is that I was dumb. Oh, there goes my earring. That's the thing. You know, every time I wear these... Now, have I gone off? I'm still on? I've lost the back. That's all right. Every time I wear this thing, this, something happens. It normally gets caught in my hair and it doesn't work, but today it's the earrings. Anyway, I'm trusting you, Greg. You told me to wear it. Anyway. <laughs> what was that? I missed it. Anyway, that's all good. So, yeah, I believed that I was dumb all my life, and yet I decided, no, hang on a minute, this is what I want to do with my life. And so I, I went back and I studied and I, I did a degree and I finished last year. Huh) oh. Gee, what a great crowd! So when we are thinking God's thoughts, we are thinking the most powerful thoughts ever. When we are thinking his thoughts, we are thinking about what he thinks about us. So our mind is the control tower of our life. That is the title of my message this morning. Our mind is the control tower of our life. We need to ask ourselves, what is it that determines what I think? Is it what I'm watching on TV? Is it what people have said? Is it what I'm watching on the internet? Is it the news that is influencing the way I think? What is it that is influencing what I think? Whatever we are putting into our mind is programming us to think a certain way. Television programs, interesting word. It is programming us to think a certain way. As believers of Jesus Christ, We need to be programmed to live in such a way that pleases God and to live the best life that he has for us. We all want to live the best life, don't we? We all want to live the best life. Well, to do that, we need to live the best life in him, the creator of the universe who loves you and created you for a purpose. Amen? Amen. So how we control our thoughts determines how we live our life. We read on in Colossians chapter 3, 4 to 5, and it says, When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Put to death whatever things, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. When we died to our old life, we said, I am trusting Jesus as my Saviour. I didn't say, well, I just want to add him to my life and everything else that is a part of it. I didn't say that. We read on in Colossians chapter 3, verses 6 to 14, and it says, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things, such as anger, rage malice slander and filthy language from your lips that's a bit hard isn't it I'm only human and can I just say we all have our struggles we all have our struggles so you've heard that this morning and think well you know I have those issues well we all have our struggles we are human beings It goes on and says, Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self and its practices and have put on the new life which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised, which we heard about the other week, or uncircumcised, barbarian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. It doesn't matter who you are who you see yourself to be, what your background was, whatever it is, it doesn't matter who you are. But Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Don't always have that, do we? (laughs) bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity you have changed once you ask Christ into your life you have changed so it's time to put away those things that don't fit with your life in Christ so the pathway to controlling our thoughts starts when we understand our relationship with Jesus Christ. Controlling our thoughts begins with this understanding. We are raised with Christ. <clears throat> Change happened when we accepted Christ into our lives. And God's intention is that our, our thinking changes. And it just doesn't happen in our own strength, mind you. Our mind controls everything else in our lives. Proverbs says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. You know, it amazes me um, what the Bible, you know, it was written so long ago, and yet it's like eye-opening today. It's like, wow, this new revelation. How amazing is God? Everything is in his word. So what we think determines how we live. What we think determines our relationship with God, it determines our relationship with others, and it determines our relationship with ourselves. We respond to the way we think. Some of us might think we're worthless. And you know, you you see stories of people with anorexia who are so stick-skinny looking in the mirror thinking they're fat. That's not reality, but it's something that is stuck in their minds we look in the mirror and we see fault or we think we're not capable. And we live out of our insecurities and how we think others view us. So our thinking is affected from what significant people have said to us in our lives and that seems to just stick, doesn't it? Like superglue. The challenges of controlling our thought, um, thinking God's way is essential for our success in life. Seeing others from his perspective and understanding what he thinks about me ultimately accomplishes whatever else he has in mind for us. Many of us have heard about the book, um, you know, Joyce Meyer has written um, that the mind is the the battlefield, what is it? The battlefield of the mind, the battlefield of the mind. The mind is a battlefield. Satan knows where to attack us, he attacks us in our minds. He condemns us. He is the great deceiver. He helps us recall things that are not so pleasant and makes us actually feel really bad about ourselves. If the mind is full with unpleasant, ungodly thoughts, we suffer the consequences. So our minds can easily be deceived if not filled with the truth of God's word. It makes a difference what we think. And it's not just a matter of making this happen or make... trying to do it on our own but the fact is we have the holy spirit living in us that helps us the holy spirit is called the helper and we need to remember that it's not just you know i can do it i can do it i can do it no it's the holy spirit asking god to help us and the holy spirit helps us the holy spirit helps us to remember scripture you know the holy spirit can you know we can be driving along and then a sun, a song will drop into our hearts that we sing that will help us the holy Spirit. Is our helper and he helps to remind us of the things that we have in our mind and what god wants us to remember we are responsible for what we think as believers we have the spirit of god living in us to enable us to think right there's a saying uh, that i've guys can you put that on the screen um and it says we sow a thought we reap an action we sow an action we reap a habit we sow a habit and reap a character. We sow a character, we reap a destiny. What an amazing... That is something you almost need to put on your fridge door. That is something, you know, what is my thinking? Where is my thinking taking me? Unseen thoughts produce visible consequences. How you feel about yourselves comes from your thinking. Don't think less of yourself Than God does he died for you he died for you and that thought sometimes it's you know I grew up in the church and I just think he died for me but no he actually died for me he died for you and you need to make that personal he died for you it doesn't matter what anybody else says when you trust in him you become his child we determine we determine who we are going to be based on the way we think So how do we control our thoughts? We're always asking ourselves questions, you know. We don't even realise it. But here's some questions we need to ask ourselves to control our thoughts. If you're quick, you can write it down, but otherwise, just ponder on this. First of all, will these thoughts build me up or will they tear me down? Will they tear me down spiritually? What you're watching or what you're listening to, you know, is that going to build me up when I sit down to watch the bachelor or whatever whatever it is i don't know but what will this build me up i'm not judging by the way <laughs> secondly can i share these thoughts with somebody else thirdly do i feel guilty thinking these thoughts number 4 where did these where did these thoughts come from number 5 where will these thoughts lead me Number six, will these thoughts get me where I want to go in life? Begin with the end in mind. When I did my degree, I tell you what, my old pattern started to creep back in because then it became this social arena again for me. And um, I had to, you know what kept, kept me going to the end was wearing the hat. That's what kept me going. Begin with the end in mind. Um, I had a group of friends in that place. people that um, were not necessarily christian they were, they didn 't know who I was and so we would just we just have a lot of fun together and um And then there came a time where I got busy because, you know, we run a church and many other things and I had to cut back on my studies and so they went ahead of me. And so then I had to drop a subject and then, you know, just make things work to work for my lifestyle. And that was when I had to ask the question, why am I here? Because I got to a point where I was there because I was having a lot of fun with my friends. But I was actually back in my school days. And so as a woman in her 40s, my old way of thinking had crept back in and I had to ask myself the question, where do I want to go? Why am I doing this? I had to ask myself myself, good questions. Where was I up to? Will these thoughts get me where I want to go? The next one, are these thoughts acceptable before God and his word? Some of the things that you've been watching, <clears throat> maybe we need to shut them down. You know, for something to die, we need to starve it. We need to starve it. We need to walk away and have the power of God to overcome. Your feet and hands travel wherever your mind has gone. We read the story of Adam and Eve in Genesis. And, um, you know, they lived. I like to, to, um, when I go to places, I just imagine what it would have been like. You know, we went to Venice a couple of years ago. And I imagined, you know, on those stone rose you know the women in their big dresses and the horses i just go back and i just imagine that because i like to get into the and so i think of the story of adam and eve and i just imagine what a beautiful garden you know the waterfalls and you know just it makes the carnival of flowers like kindergarten stuff like just imagine everything was beautiful and green the flowers were out imagine living in the in the garden of eden for Adam and Eve. Everything was perfect and peaceful. The birds were chirping. And then along comes Satan um, to tempt them. You know, God said to Adam and Eve, you can do any, you can have anything in this garden you like, but don't take from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It was just the one thing. It was the one thing. If you notice there's one thing and it always, you know, it's like the carrot and so but Satan said oh you know it's okay you're not gonna die you're not gonna die he says and so Eve entertained that thought and when she entertained that thought that was the worst thing she could have done she should have starved it but she didn't she entertained the thought and then what happened then she shared that thought with Adam didn't she and then what happened? They lost their perfect peace and harmony. They, had, they hid themselves from God, the God that knows all. They hid themselves from God. They were once hidden under the protection of God and now they've been exposed and they've lost their joy and they've lost their, their peace. There was an action that followed that thought and then immediately they felt guilt. They lost their peace Questions, the questions we ask, shape our life. Eve asked the question, well, did God really say? And so as a result, mankind today still suffers the consequences of that one decision. We can live in the blessing of making right decisions in every area of our life, whether it's in the the areas of our marriage, in our money, um, sex, Um, friendships relationships work education we can live in a blessing based on the decisions we make or we can actually live you know like second rate because of the decisions we make so how have you been thinking about your spouse lately do you find them annoying do you find every fault that they... You know, maybe they've dropped their clothes. I'm the one that does that in my our house, by the way. It's not John. He complains about me. So when I get tired, my house becomes a mess. When I'm not tired, my house is pristine. But when I'm tired, no, everything's... So what have you been thinking about your spouse? What have you been thinking about your friends? What have you been thinking about your boss? What have you been thinking about your schoolmates? What have you been thinking lately What have you been thinking about yourself? How have you been thinking about God? How have we been thinking about our nation and the decisions that are being made today? How does that make you feel? What are you thinking about? We can't control everybody else or control all our circumstances, but we are going to respond to circumstances one way or another. We need to ask ourselves, do our our thoughts fit with who I am as a follower of Jesus? There are places that don't fit us anymore. There are words that don't fit us anymore. There are habits and actions that don't fit us anymore now that we trust in Jesus. The Bible says to come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. We reap what we sow based on the choices we make. Can I just take a moment to talk on a topic that um, comes up a lot of times when I'm talking to people, the topic of pornography. Now I can talk about this, I'm a middle-aged woman, pastor of this church and it doesn't really matter and I don't struggle with this issue but it is a big issue in our society today and in the church worldwide. We need to ask ourselves is this acceptable before god and his word would you be happy to share this with somebody else and how is it affecting my relationships one person has said to me everybody is doing it it's normal this was a believer by the way everybody's doing it it's normal well it might be normal in the world but it is not acceptable before god And how is it affecting my relationship with my spouse? This is a massive problem, the problem of pornography. And you know what? These phones, it is so easy. It is just such a trap from the devil. We actually need to starve that thing and fill our minds with what God wants us to fill us with, fill it with and not be trapped. It's a trap. So let me just talk a little bit on love and lust for a second. Love is a blessing from God. Lust is desire out of control. Love is selfless and love sacrifices. Love for mankind costs Jesus his life. Love is pure. Love is peaceful. Lust destroys. It destroys families and relationships and it has to have it now. And it also um, makes us anxious. It causes anxiety. It causes anxiety in our relationship. It causes guilt. But it's a terrible thing. And so we need to starve those things and fill our minds with things that God wants us to fill our minds with. Colossians 3.1 says, If you were raised up with Christ, seek those things which are above. Keep seeking. Have you ever played hide and seek with um, a two-year-old? They're not hard to find, are they? One of my girls used to jump in the empty bath and cover her eyes. And so they're not hard to find. God is not hard to find. He says, seek me and you will find me. Don't give up seeking. There are some people that are good at hide and seek and you give up. It's just too hard because they're just so good but keep seeking love being in the moment with God desire it Jesus took time away to be with God he was with people all the time he had to be intentional about stepping away with God I mentioned a moment ago, moment ago this thing this thing is the biggest trap in society today. We have it with us 24 hours a day. We put it on our pillow for some, which is very dangerous, by the way. It's not good for the brain. Um, we, will, we just take it everywhere with us. When we can have the best intention of sitting with God, um, you know, whenever, and then all of a sudden, oh, hang on a minute, where is such and such you know we we check Facebook and then 30 minutes later the time's gone oh I haven't got time for you God sorry this took priority everything is available at our fingertips once upon a time we actually had to get up to answer the phone was on the wall once upon a time if you had the Encyclopedia Britannica you were somebody you actually had to go to a book to find out what you needed to know now you just Google it it's right there at your fingertips isn't it People are at our, you know, we can connect with people all the time. We, are, we can be contacted all the time through various ways. I get a bit confused, you know, I get messages from Facebook Messenger. I get messages, and I think, where on earth did that message? Because there's so many ways that people can contact us. Everything is available at our fingertips. You know, there was a guy in... Um, there was a guy walking along in a, on a Melbourne pier that had to be rescued out of the water. Do you know why? <laughs> he fell off. <laughs> I had a woman the other day, I was driving along in Brisbane Street, she walked straight out in front of me. We can't even walk without looking at this thing. When I was a kid, we were told to watch where you're going. Well, that's just part of, you know, that's old fashioned now. It doesn't matter anymore. When we walk around with our eyes to the ground, we find ourselves in trouble. What gets you? What? Sorry. What you focus on gets you. We often talk in our church about soap. Now, some people have never heard of that. S O A P: Scripture, Observation, Application, Prayer. Uh, in our on our app. And on our website, we have Bible reading, a Bible reading plan. If you've got your own Bible reading, that is great. Uh, We are so, it is so important to wash our lives with the word of God, to wash our hearts from the muck of this world with the word of God. We read the word, we, we look at it, we read the scripture. Well, what do I observe from that scripture? We write it down. Application. Well, how can I apply that to my life and I pray? You know, if we do that every morning, it might just take you 20 minutes. We actually need to, for anything to be successful, we actually need to have a plan. We, with, things just don't happen, you know, fingers crossed, hope I get time to spend with God. We actually need to be intentional about washing our lives and our minds with the Word of God. We need to forget about social media for, you know, I cannot believe it'd be worth the exercise. We can write, we can draw a circle and divide up that circle into sections like a pie, and just let's just figure out how much time a day we actually spend with God. Okay, how much time is it? Okay, oh, there's no room left. Maybe that's something we can do this week. How much time do I actually spend with God every day, washing my mind with what He wants and with His Word? Jesus took time away to be alone with God. While on earth, he kept a heavenly focus. He had a purpose for coming to this earth as a baby and putting himself through all that he had to put in, to put himself through. Why? So that mankind could enter into a loving relationship with God and one day live with him in eternity in heaven forever. Love for mankind put Jesus on the cross. We need to set our mind on this fact, continually keeping the word of God in the forefront of our mind. To seek things above, I need to know what Jesus said, how Jesus lived, and how he wants me to live. We need to make it a priority to think what God thinks. Keep thinking of Jesus who was sitting at the right hand of the Father, Jesus is always thinking about what is the best for you and I. What's the best for you today in your relationships and your circumstances? We need to ask God every day, what is your thoughts on this God? Bring in him into our situation. When you are thinking his thoughts, you are thinking the most powerful thoughts there are. When you're thinking his thoughts, you are thinking his thoughts about you, about how much he loves you, about how much he cares for you, about how much he forgives you. You are thinking the best thoughts, dying to our old ways. We need to put them to death so that you can control your life. I'm just watching the time, I just need to... You decide to either have victory or defeat in your life. You need to keep your mind, whatever you're thinking about, whether it's somebody, some, something or some place. You know, um, the other day, I, um, while I was preparing this message, another great example came up. So I went to the shop to Coles here and got my lunch and um, I got myself a bread roll and ham, you know, and I came back and had my lunch. But while I was at Coles, I saw this Boston bun with the pink icing. <laughs> and I've heard that's old school. But anyway, uh, I, so I left it there because I thought, no, that's not part of my healthy eating plan. So I left it there. But do you know what happened? I got back into the office with my bread roll and my ham and all I could think about was that Boston bun <laughs> with the pink icing. And do you know what? I pondered it and I just... So you know what I did? I went back. (laughs) We have to guard our hearts on what we are thinking. Don't speak out words of defeat. You will have an agreeing audience who is Satan. Colossians 3:15 to 17 goes on it says let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. In our conversations, we need to talk about Jesus. What makes me different from an unbeliever? I need to bring God into the conversation. I don't need to be weird about it, but just naturally talk about God. There are some people that are in a battle right here today and that need whatever it is, whatever word it is that God is speaking into your life, you need to speak to them. You know, not all of us have got, you know, every day is not perfect. You know, just whether we know God or not, we still have our struggles. We're living in a you know, in a, in a, not in a perfect world. And so things are going to happen to us. We can be in a battle and we need to be encouraged by other people. It also says in that verse to be thankful. Find things to be thankful for. Can I give you another bit of homework? Maybe um, this week. This week, every day, write something down that you can be thankful for. Be thankful Can I tell you, there are some scientific facts about what thankfulness can do to you. Do you know, if you're having trouble sleeping, be thankful. It actually helps you sleep better. It increases your happiness. It increases mental strength. Who wants a bit of this? We have better relationships and more friends. Who needs a friend today? Be thankful. It improves self-esteem. It reduces aggression. Be thankful every day. Be thankful. Don't don't look at the bad things. Be thankful. God, I thank you that you loved me so much that you died on the cross. Sometimes we forget to thank him for what he has done in our lives. Be thankful for the people in your world. Be thankful that there is a boss that is actually challenging you at the moment and you actually need to grow through that. Be thankful be grateful for people be grateful for your wife and your husband, your neighbor, your, you know, your, whoever, your friends. Be thankful for those people in your life. They are gifts in your life and it changes your perspective. Let the message of God dwell in you richly. Richly means in abundance, means lots of. The message of God needs to be overflowing through us. We can't just hear the word of God on Sunday and expect to live a fantastic life thinking the thinking like God because it's you know we're forgetful and as you get older you get a little bit more forgetful. And so what we need to do is every day the message of God richly dwelling in us, reading it, consuming it, knowing that God what God has done for me and that will change your life. You will know the right response. You'll sense the power of God and the truth of God's word is overflowing in you. The control tower says, this thing here, whatever I choose today, I reap tomorrow. Therefore, I seek your truth, God. Not the lies of Facebook, not the lies of the media. I seek your truth, God. You decide who you want to be and you decide what you want to accomplish you decide how you want to live based on an extravagant understanding of God and His Word. And not only will your life change, but it will be noticed by those around you. You know, when my father became a Christian 60 years ago, he got—he became a Christian through a street preacher, which was common again when I was young. You know, we'd go to Brisbane City and there would be a street preacher on the corner. Well, that again is a no-no these days. And so people... People are not going to automatically, there are some people that will come into the church, but you know, most people don't know Jesus, how are they ever going to find out? And it's not through a street preacher, it is through our lives and how we live our lives. The church can evangelise today just by simply living a life with the mind of Christ, our influence in society can be huge if the church has an extravagant understanding of God's people and who and how he wants us to make a difference, of how God thinks about man, how much he loves them and how much he needs us to reach out to others. And it happens when we are, we have so much of God in our lives that it can't help but be noticed. A church in control of their lives despite what is going on around them, will influence their world. People will want to know, what is it that's different about you? You know, the boss just, just you know, blasted you. In, and, you know, your reaction, how you responded was amazing. Why? People will ask you questions. There are people who have no anchor in their lives. They're feeling that their lives are out of control and they're looking for answers. It's all around us. I can tell you, it is all around us. and they will be looking to you earth is a small blimp in our lives compared to eternity and i'll tell you what we've only got one go at living our lives and being influences for jesus on this earth and we just have it we think we're living forever like i'm 55 now and boy i i can't believe it how quick life goes we need to be influences, churches we church we need to be strong Our lives need to be hidden in Christ's will, who see the big picture in life, not just what is in front of us, looking down. We need to slow down and hear from God, the creator of the universe, the one who loves you more than anyone else will. Viktor Frankl, many of you have heard of Viktor Frankl, who was a Holocaust survivor. Um, He was in concentration camps uh, for quite a few years, and, uh, and what he says is that we are free to control our thoughts and change our perception of things. Thoughts don't just happen to us. The way we act depends on what we believe. What is your mindset? Colossians 3, 4 says, when Christ who is our life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory at the second coming of Christ those whose life is now hidden in Christ will appear with him in glory heaven and earth are in stark contrast to one another set your mind on your heavenly home because the mind is the control tower of your life and how successful your life is will be based on how you see God and how you see your your life on this earth and your eternal destiny